Hello and welcome back to the Ramswriter podcast. Oh, I've messed that up straight away. Never mind. <laughs> the Ramswriter podcast. Look at that. What a bad day. About as bad as Darb's performance on Tuesday night. But yeah, as always, it's Simon Long and Chris Holt here. Uh, we are joined by another guest. Joining us today is uh, Hilary, Hilary Leem from the uh, Rams Trust. Good evening, Hilary. How are we? Are you well? I'm okay. Thanks, Simon. Chris, how are you both? Good evening, Hilary. Very well, thank you. Good, good. Yeah, I'm I'm all right considering uh, what happened Tuesday. But yes, so <laughs> let's jump straight into Tuesday, Chris. Um, well, where do we start? The Probably one of the worst performances I've seen, not just from a poor worn Derby County team, but from a Derby County team in a long, long time. What what went wrong, Chris? How long we got this evening? Mm, as long as you want. Ah, oh, okay. Um, right, let me just adjust this chair, get comfortable, and <laughs> let's begin the story. Um, look, I think that one of the biggest problems is is that there was definitely hangover from the Burton game. The, Bur- the Burton game was not great. Let's be honest. Yes, we got the win. And I understand people's attitude towards let's win ugly, let's get the three points and get out of town. I get it. But it did hide the cracks. And there was cracks appearing and have been appearing on the previous three games. I think the capitulation or the... What, what really frustrated me on Tuesday was the aerial bombardment that we seemed to go to. We were constantly throwing the ball 30, 40 yards with no transition. It was basically, I call it race course football, where you, you're just aiming for the channels with with any type of of 40 to 60 yard pass, hoping that it gets the, the target. There's just no cohesion at the moment, is there? And there's just big problems. There's no communication. There's, there's looks at each other of, of responsibility, who's to blame, who's not to blame, whose job it is, whose job it isn't. And I think that goes through all three of the lines. I don't know what your thoughts are, Hilary. Um, I think I think Tuesday was a very, very poor performance. Um, I wasn't at the Blackpool game, but I, I think a few people have said it wasn't as bad as Blackpool. You know, small mercies where they arrived. 2-1 for me really flattered Derby. I thought we, we were lucky at just 1-0. In fact, I think I tweeted going, we're lucky to be 1-0 down and they almost immediately scored. But I am not taking any responsibility. Hillary's fault. It's your fault. <laughs> to be fair, I think it could have been Bar Wildsmith making some good saves. I know there's a bit of debate about the goal, but first goal. But to me, we just look like we're outpaced, especially. That was what I think more than anything. It looked, I, I've been really interested this season. I'm a big fan of cashing. And I know in the past, Chris, you and I have talked about um, Fozzie getting his contract renewed, which I was pretty supportive of. But in this system, that that side just feels really, really vulnerable. I don't know if it's because I see more where I sit, but for me, it, it just looked like the team didn't know the system, and I hadn't seen that in pre-season. The bit I don't quite get is during pre-season we looked we looked joined up, and at the moment we've lost that cohesion and we've lost that fluency. And I'm putting it down less to um, Burton hangover, more to nerves. It feels like they're nervous in front of the Derby crowd, and they need to get that first win under their belt to to calm everyone down. And it's it's not going to come if we play like that on even against Fleetwood on Saturday. So it's it was a worry to me because it, it it was I think I said before it's not that you lose we accept you lose we hate it but we lost really badly on Tuesday and I think that was my my big take out of it overall. 
Yeah, you mentioned nerves there. Now, Paul Warren mentioned that in his uh, post-match interview about nerves. And he also mentioned something else which Chris picked on, uh, picked up on. And that was, he kind of said, I'll be picking the team. Was it, what was it? What was his quote, Chris? I'll be picking the team. Um, Until otherwise told. Like, that, that, for me, was a strange comment. Now, I, I've got one gripe, and I've had a gripe since David Klaus did his interview with Radio Derby. I've re-listened to it again today. Now, Hillary, I, I wonder if you could potentially give us insight on this. Obviously, you were, you obviously uh, chair chairperson of the Rams Trust. Yeah. I know. Obviously, I used to be in black and white together. Um, you know, the supporters group get to talk to members of the board, etc. Klaus in his interview said. There's a good budget. There is a good budget for for Paul Warner's season. Currently, and now I said, both me and Chris both said that we'll get promoted this season easy. And my reasoning for that was because when we started getting players in, they were all freebies. I thought there'd be some marquee signs where we spent money now. However, no money has been spent on transfer fees yet. Supposedly, we've got a sizable budget compared to other clubs in 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 this in this league is there anything you can enlighten on us with where this budget may be going at all i'm not you know i don't know if that's something you may have discussed with 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 the likes of Klaus or stephen pitts or who you know sadly i have no more insight than than what david Klaus said in the interview um i think my my so we, we talk more generally rather than about what yeah the of course compares but i think for me i mean i, I still think this transfer window isn't over I still expect and hope we're going to bring in... So the one thing that was referred to is they would continue to look at loan players, and I think that that will happen. But there was also almost a sense of it depends what happens in the first few matches of various teams making various decisions. Um, but in terms of budget, no, I don't have any more insight than yourself. I think, for me, the bit that we need to remember, this team is currently weaker than our team last year, in my opinion, and that's because we've lost two very critical players in... Jason Knight, who again, lots of people might have said things about Knight last year. He's one of those when suddenly he's out of the midfield, you see how how things operate without him. I'm guilty of that, extremely guilty of that. And we knew how critical David McGoldrick's goals were. And actually, I don't particularly put any more uh, kind of focus on the centre forwards than anybody else at the moment. But we've not replaced yet that goal scorer in David McGoldrick. And, And I think we've got some options up front but I don't see the, the 25 goals so either we need two or three that are going to chip in with 12-15 goals each or we need a David McGoldrick replacement and everything I'm seeing and I'm taking it much more from Twitter than anything that I've had a conversation with Derby County about is around the scarcity of strikers during this transfer window which I think is is clearly an issue for us and for others. Yeah I agree it is and, and I just think for me the wagon I was all happy for Waggy to come back, but it, it made alarm bells start ringing with me because he was never on our radar. And it comes up to, obviously, it's, you know, it comes for Fozzie's testimonial. The next minute, he's, 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 playing, he's playing for us again. It, it, it just sort of goes, we well, wasn't on our radar yet. We've picked him up. And I'm just worried that, you know, we this this squad needs strength. And Paul Warner said it in every pretty much every single post-match, pre-match interview that this, he hasn't, he needs players through the door and obviously with Knight going, you've got potential for Bird that may be going, you know, it's rumoured, well, not rumoured now, but it's out in the press that Brighton won Erin Cashin. Um, just on 
that then surely would give you obviously we sold Bielik for a million you call Knight apparently it's around two million that's three million Bird is apparently around same as Knight that's another five there's potential if cashing goes to three to have eight million pound there yeah I know Warren said in his interview that he you know he doesn't just go into a massive pot and you can spend it I appreciate that but economically surely selling these players is good for us and it also gives us a little bit of a kitty to go actually yeah we can buy players with a transfer fee don't you think Chris you're about to say something I think one of the problems you've got is the Arsenal uh, hangover from the Bielik deal I, I imagine that Arsenal are still wanting some form of return I know that uh, Poznan reduced and wrote off a large slice of their fee for Josviak, which which was which was fantastic and really good of them. Um, they fortunately can afford to do that because I believe they're playing in Europe this year. Um, regarding the the big concern I have about the transfer window is that I, I I'm skeptical regarding the word gelling because I've been a coach a long long time as you know and and I'd like to think I've I've coached at a high level. And one thing I don't understand these aren't these aren't children. These aren't under-21s. These are players who have played all forms of system throughout their career. Bradley's played in a four. He's played in a three. He's played in a five. So has Nelson. Cashin played in that system last year. Fozzie players played all kinds of systems while he's been at Derby County. And the most important thing which people forget is that he got the back line in straight away. He got a second keeper in. He got Joe Ward in. He got Bradley in. He got Nelson in. He pretty much tidied what he believed was his back four early doors, and that has not worked. Let's let's. There is no the the one thing I I see missing blatantly out of that is a footballer. There is no footballer in the centre of that back three, and I include Cash in. Cashin could do that wonderful 60-yard diagonal, which he hit on many occasions last year. But that isn't a football asset. That is a good ability and a textbook almost delivery of a ball that a centre-half you'd expect to be able to do. What I'm looking for is a centre-half who can break the press with a nice, intricate, simple, quick pass into the second phase of the play, which is your second line of midfield, and then move forward. At the moment, we are bypassing everything. Going back to the transfer window, I think the other problem, and I'll pass this on to, on to Hillary, is I think we've clearly been rejected by many players. Throughout the transfer window, it's been obvious that Paul Warner's has mentioned or suggested that he's he's missed out on this person, he's missed out on that person, the trying. Why are no longer Derby County Football Club a attractive commodity to come and play for? That's the big question I want to know. Is it the fact that it's the, the fees that they're offering? Is it the money? Because Paul Warren always mentions affordability. Is it the style of football that Paul Warren plays? Because ultimately, good, honest professionals want to play good football. I would personally. I wouldn't certainly want to play for a, a team that keeps the ball in the air all the time. And thirdly, is there a man management issue? Is there an issue where the players don't want to come and play for Paul Warren because the interview process that he's had with them has put them off? I don't know what your thoughts are, Hillary. Well, I think there's a couple of things in there. So whilst I agree the back line came in earlier, 
the back line don't play in isolation from the rest of the team. And at the moment, I think a chunk of the challenge with the back five, as they are, is the ball's coming back at them so quickly, which is either a combination of them clearing it very averagely, as we saw again on, on Tuesday, or the midfield don't seem to me like we've kind of worked out that whole who's doing which role and where they sit. So I don't think it's particularly a match of the back five coming in and they should be sorted because we've got to put them in the part of the team as a whole. In in terms of, I, I don't think it can be a man management issue. And I'm, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm naive around that, but I still think footballers are going to want to come to Derby County because we are, rightly or wrongly, one of the season's favourites to get promoted. And what footballers want, I think, as much as anything, is to play in a successful team. And by all accounts, we should be one of the successful teams in this division that they would want to come to. So I'm assuming, and I don't know, but I'm assuming it's either around what we're prepared to offer in terms of fees or what we're saying that they're going to get in terms of game time. Um, but I, I don't believe it's because they're sitting there going, I don't want to, maybe it was true for some, but I, I would have thought Derby County is still overall a big enough pull if the terms and conditions are right. I mean, I can't see that you would want to go elsewhere if those two, if those things weren't in place. But again, do we know the budgets? What do we know what we're offering salary-wise versus some of our fellow league contenders? I don't. Um, but I, I can't believe they're looking at it going, I don't want to play in this style of football. I think they'll be looking at where am I guaranteed most success or where are they paying me the most wages? And I'm, I hate to sound like I'm being materialistic, but I suspect that's the majority of footballers are thinking like that. Yeah, I think you could be, you could be right. This is, this is the problem. We, you know, it's... I appreciate David Klaus coming out on the interview with Ed and saying we've got a good budget. I, we're just not seeing it right now, and I'm just hoping that these final two weeks of the of the window show that okay, yeah, we you know we are. This is what I need, and we do. You know, we brought Mark Thomas in, you know, head of recruitment. Would you say at the minute he's he's done his job well? No. <laughs> But I think we also, I mean, again, I'm probably slightly calmer than I was if you got me on Tuesday or Wednesday. <laughs> we're in the first transfer window for Paul Warren. I think there's still a lot to prove about the signings is made, but we're in the first transfer window. I think, and I know there's this big debate about how long do you give a manager. You don't give them half a transfer window or one transfer window and go, that's kind of where we're up to it. We, we didn't have much mobility in January. we just gone because we had a lot of budget constraints on us. This is really the first transfer window that we've had, we need to see more from it. I don't think it's closed yet. I don't think this transfer window's closed yet. I wonder if Max Bird being injured will change plans anyway. Maybe Bird won't move in this window if that was the plan. Now he's picked up this injury, assuming that it's... Well, I don't, I don't think we've heard what it is yet, have we, from him? So, no, not yet, no. But whether that will make a difference. Um, I just... I think at the moment we need a few cool and calm heads. I also don't think that means you do nothing indefinitely, but I think we just need to keep a bit cool and calm about it because emotions are running exceptionally high as mine were sort of certainly on Tuesday and, and pretty much carrying on into Wednesday. One thing you got to remember though, both of you, is that Mark Thomas came in in February or March. He didn't come in during the transfer window. He was given plenty of time to put his feet under the table with his little black book and, and get get onto the... Uh, the process straight away because you've got to remember a lot of freebies are able to talk to clubs come January the 1st. And my, my big concern is is that Hillary hit the, hit the nail on the head within the first three minutes of the podcast. The squad has become weaker due to the two players that have left the club. Now, I would like to know 
what is Mark Thomas's um, criteria, what he's been asked to do, what what he's been asked to look for, um, who is actually overseeing his role. Is it is it a poor warning? We were told uh, that that the interview process was relatively uh, straightforward and was done not by Paul Warren, but by um, executive level, which I found interesting. There is a relationship with Paul Warren and Mark Thomas going back. I know they've worked previously. I, I just I just find it that with something like this, Hillary, and I get your point, and I agree with you to some text that, yes, you've got to give uh, calmness and time for a transfer window, but but we're coming into the last two weeks of, of a transfer window where I know we're waiting for certain clubs. That he keeps saying we're waiting on certain clubs to release their players or decide what their squad's going to be going forward. But why is it that other clubs can find gems so early and, and get cohesion so quickly? And it always seems to be a situation where Derby can't do that. And and, I, and, I'll, and I'll chuck one obvious in there, one caveat. Liam Rossinia had no recruitment officer or director. He had no real assistance in putting together a team. Yet that guy put together a squad, which is still, some of it's still here now, that played good football. I remember the first away game at Charlton. We were magnificent. We got undone by one, we, we got undone by one mistake uh, and they scored from it. But fundamentally, the gel and 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 the style of football was there for all. Hillary, I, I just, my, my, what what do you think of what he's actually aiming for in in the market? Because I'm still bewildered of what the actual style he's looking for. I think that's the, that's the twenty million dollar question, isn't it? But I think uh, I think there's a couple of things I say there. They say so, yes, I think uh, Mark Thomas came in earlier. I, I think we've got high expectations that we'd probably have kept David McGoldrick, which I think in a different situation, if Notts County hadn't got promoted, um, would have been a very different outcome on, on that one. Um, and I don't think we got the budget signed off, did we, till sometime after the season with the EFL. So I don't think he came in in February going, here's a nice big checkbook, crack on, bring in, bring in the players. So we, we have to still remember that whilst we, we seem to be in a much better position with the EFL, we haven't got this... We were competitive, so I think I think what he what did David Klaus say exactly? Can you remind me, Simon? Did he say it was a great budget or a competitive budget, or what were the words? So he said it's a first of all, he says it's a, a good budget, okay. um, and then he followed it. Then Ed, Ed asked him like, how does it compare to other clubs? And he says it's it's fair, it's fairly sizable, especially compared to other clubs in in the league. So, so the question he, comes down to is how many players is he expecting to get with that because. You've got to assume when he's talked about it, he's talked about a number of players coming in, not just one or two, and how thin are we spreading that budget? Because um, I was looking on Tuesday, and I think I was corrected, it was five bookings, but there's there's a lot of bookings this season already. We are going to need... Really good point. Because we're going to get suspensions galore, and we've already got two injuries in the first four games of the season, if you take Blackpool. Yeah, but also also with it as well, just, sorry, just just, um, rattled my brain there. When he was having the conversation with a lot of people have said oh yeah but we're still under embargoes by the EFL I've seen that across social media no we're not everything's been cleared now by the EFL he David Klaus said in the interview he thought it was going to be two years but they've signed everything off so yeah. you know, we can I, my understanding is less, 
I don't think we're under an embargo. I thought we'd agreed the budget with the EFL more than that we'd kind of under any embargo restrictions, but I might be wrong on that, but that was my and, understanding. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's what Klaus said as well. So this, for me, there shouldn't be any reason why we, we are struggling to get players in no, unless, not- unless, it, it, unless it is a, a wage. A certain way, they're, they're expecting to come to Derby and go, well, I want 15, 15 grand a week. <laughs> Hello, mate, we're in League One. You ain't going to get that. And possibly what may not be helping us now, and we don't know this, but you know maybe players have seen our Derby performing and think they can act, they've actually got a bit more leverage because Derby clearly needs some some players in and fast, so their agents won't be um, unaware of that. Let's say the embargo was actually lifted on the tenth of May. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just reading it now. So there is no further embargo um, regarding transfer fees. The the only the only thing that the AFL are basically asking is obviously that the business plan is yeah. reviewed on a regular basis. Um, so, so yeah, so there is, there is no embargo whatsoever. No, that was my understanding. I think it was more that the, the budgets were signed off at the end of the season. Um, and obviously we, what we need is for Mark Thomas and Warren to, to get some players with some pace in and get them in quickly. They're going to improve the squad. Definitely. Definitely. Now, Chris, you obviously put out your thoughts after the game on Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to hear what other people people would think, especially regarding Warren, because listening to Radio Derby on the game on the way home, there was a lot of people saying Warren out. I know when Hillary was on Radio Derby last night, yeah. Texas and whatnot were coming in, get Warren out. Chris, you are kind of on the verge of worn out aren't you don't lie because i know you are <laughs> well look i was never a fan when he came in you know that simon i was put on radio derby straight away the day he was signed as you know and i wasn't a fan i've never been a fan of his of his football um and i i'd much rather have um a different style of manager who ultimately likes to play football i would give it liam Rossini personally i thought he was treated terribly and I was a big fan of his football. I thought he held this club together through a very, very difficult... He had three weeks to put a squad together and then play the type of football he played after that and beat Oxford on first day of the season and then have some very... He nearly did over Plymouth, remember? We lost 3-2 because of Cosgrove came on. We were 2-0 up and unfortunately we ran out of steam because at the time the bench wasn't great. So I basically... um, put out there a genuine question do you think Paul Warren honestly has the majority of the fans base backing him can I have your thoughts please uh, it was a collision in the stadium on Tuesday not a good one and it was the first time that there is a lot of fans that were berating and arguing I had an incredible response it was it went off the charts um, I'll, I'll, I'll say some pros and cons um Pete Thompson, I've never been convinced by him. Seems a nice guy and all that. But we're now at a point of the season where he's taken us backwards. This season so far reminds me of the Nigel Pearson era. Asking players to play in a system they're not comfortable in. Persisting with it will only end one way. Um, Andrew Thompson says it's a very split fan base. I wasn't ever a fan of the appointment, but still wouldn't want him to fail. But one win in nine at home tells a bigger picture. And then Dale Tomlinson puts, I think it's 60-40, not in his favour. The formation clearly isn't working. 
Midfield three isn't working. Bradley doesn't look right at the back. Mendes Lang looks lost in the 10, which I agree. Collins is working hard to hold up the play, but then there's nothing to work off of. He's obviously basically blaming tra- um, tactics. And then finally, um, oh, Roger Grooms put a really interesting point. Um, it's hard to come back from the booze. Lose on Saturday and Clouds will have to have start asking some serious questions, possibly the biggest question to answer of his tenure so far. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Hilary. Um, look, when, when Liam Rossini went, I was disappointed to see him go, but I think that's history now. We've got to now focus on how often do clubs do well when they change their manu- man- manager, particularly this early in the season, but every 15 or 20 minutes or whatever it is. And to me, it's that's a bit of a symptom back to the previous owner's um management style and I don't think it did us that many favours so I understand I mean I'm I'm as frustrated with the performance actually more than the result in some ways than anybody from Tuesday but we for me we just need to hold a bit firm and just give let's get to the end of this transfer window let's get a few more games under our belts if we're sitting here on three points in six weeks time seven weeks time because we also know how fickle all fans are and I include myself in that that if we win on Saturday and then we get a couple of results in the next couple of weeks, they'll be like, oh, that was a storm in a teacup. So I, I think we just, I, I know that I kind of say it, but I, I do think we need a bit of calmness around us. I think I'm personally not somebody who boos the team. I think it's counterproductive. I, I don't deny people have got the right to do it, but I think the team know we're not happy with performances without it. But I think, you know, what we really need to do now is we've, we've got Paul Warren in place. We've got the management structure we've got. Let's, get behind this team as fully as we can, still hold them to account on making some changes. I mean, I'm fully expecting to see some changes on formation and make, well, I think they're forced anyway to an extent with um, with some of the injuries. But I think I think we need to just let Paul Warren manage. Let's let him get the money that he's been brought in to do. He's, what, less than a year into a four-year term. I mean, have, even if we wanted to get rid of Paul Warren, and I'm not one of those at the moment who does, absolutely I'm not, but how can we afford it? What we're going to you know, we've got to be practical here. We're we're in a position where we're not financially robust. So the last thing I want us spending any money on is is paying off a manager's compensation. But also, I wouldn't be getting rid of him at this point of the season. I just think it's, I think this conversation's way too soon. I understand the frustration, but not for me. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I don't. I get it. We've had a poor start. I, I totally get that. We've not looked great, which is confusing because I agree with you, Hillary. I thought pre-season. We look decent. Um, well, all this... Sorry, sorry. If you're saying that now, you can't use the word cohesion or lack of gelling if you're saying they look decent pre-season. Yeah, well, whatever. But what I will say is, we did... <laughs> I've not I've not brought that up anyway. You did. Anyway, I'm starting arguments now. This is ridiculous. Um, what I will say... I've lost my point. Poor one we were on, weren't we? You've absolutely just taken my point out of my mouth, Chris. I hate you so much right now. Until Chris distracted you ridiculously. <sighs> I was on fire. Yeah, so we did look we did look well in pre-season, so I can't understand why it's gone a bit tits up now. However, this one in nine shit, sorry, excuse my French, it's got to stop. Yeah. Because that squad is totally different from last season to this season. There's a whole new back line. There's our top striker's gone. We've lost Hayden Roberts. We've lost Dobbin, you know, who effectively, you know, I know he didn't score many, but he was effective when he came off the bench. Um, there's other loanies that I'm not even going to mention because they weren't that good. But still, the squad is totally different. Jason Knight's gone, obviously, as well. 
Um, and we've got players in there who are, you know, some people agreed with Paul Warren for calling this out and some people didn't. I don't think the board agreed with what he said about calling players out, saying they got their head turns. Again, just little things he keeps mentioning in his interviews about, you know, I'm just going to watch what I say is basically what he said. Um, the squad's totally different. So they were okay, okay in pre-season. What's going on now? I have no idea. Um, you know, there's, there's people saying, picking their squads. I, I, I do think he needs to maybe look away from the, and he did sort of hint that he would yeah. come away from the three at the back because it clearly, for one reason or another, isn't working. I think the, one of the problem, main problems is, is we've got three midfielders that are all exactly the same player. They are, they do, and they, they don't, you know, you, they're trying to push Max Bird to go forward. He doesn't really want to. You've got Smith holding Horn at Horahan holding. They, they don't know what the, their job is. And that, for me, is part of the problem. And if you have got, you know, potentially a Max Bird and a potentially an Aaron Cashin that are both going, I'm not really, I might not be here. I don't really want to be here. It is going to cause confusion. And the back line as well, I, for the second goal, if you watch the second goal back that Oxford score, you can clearly see Forsyth telling Elder to get back. And he didn't. He followed. There is a lack of communication for whatever reason on the pitch. That is something that needs to be addressed. As much as Paul Warren's tactics have got to take the blame for it, the players have also got to take some of the blame. Right now is not the time to be sacking managers. I remember a certain Philip Koku that came in and we had a poor start by our standards. And people were calling for his head because we lost against Forrest in the Cup come before March, we were seventh. So it's going to, sometimes things take time. When you change systems, they take time. Now, he didn't listen to the fans. He stuck with the system he wanted to play. He wasn't listening to him. He went, no, we are going to play like this and we are going to do it. Paul Warren's now got to make that decision. Does he stick with the 3-5-2 and hope he gets the best out of players? Or does he go, right, let's change it then. Let's see what, you know, maybe Mendes Lang isn't a great striker. Maybe he is better on the wide. Maybe I need to put him back out wide, etc. You know, but we've got other players in like Waghorn and Washington. You know, Washington can obviously sit in a tilt front. Waghorn could play out wide, could go up front. This is something now that he's got to really look at. Waghorn for me should is now pushing for a starting place, following an assist and then a goal. I don't know if his fitness is going to allow it. There's so, there, there is changes that he can make definitely. So the game against Fleetwood, obviously, we'll see where he's at. But right now, whether we whether we lose against Fleetwood or not, it for me it's all dependent on how the players perform, not on the result. Hillary, I, I agree with a, a lot of that. I think, um, I mean, I think we need to be beating Fleetwood. I think we all know that in terms of where they are. But I think what we do need to see is a significant change in the level of performance. And I hope that as a fan base, we give the the, the players time to to do that. So if it, I don't know if it's going to be a tight game or not. I think we'll have to wait and see. But I hope. I think the challenge for us is I think the players are going to be edgy. I think the fans are going to be edgy. And that it kind of almost feels like we're playing in a playoff semi-final with our defence already every time the ball goes close. And I, I think we just need to kind of try and try and give this some time to play itself out. Certainly during the game on Saturday, I hope, A, I hope we obviously get off to a blazing start and therefore there's no concern with it. But if we don't, I do think we need to just hold fast a little bit and 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 and, and tr- if we can give the team as much support as we can and I'd, again I think people will make their own decisions about how they respond to the players I never 
really think it's anybody's job to tell somebody else what they can and can't do at a football match. They're paying the money. They take their choice. But we do need to recognise, and I, I enjoyed it actually against Oxford, although there was the booing at half-time, there was quite a period in the in the second half where we were getting behind and there were lots of shouts. You know, the crowd were getting much more lively, much more engaged, even at kind of 2-0 and then 2-1 down. And I would really like to see some of that positive energy coming out as much as we possibly can, because I think I think the players need it. I think we need it. Agree. Can, can I just go back to the Philip Koku, Simon, from when Philip Koku was manager of the football club, I was coaching in the academy of the of the ladies, as you know, and we were all given a directive to play a style of football, which was throughout the different age groups. So Philip Koku put together almost like a manual of the kind of coach of football he wanted to play. And I loved that. Whether it was boring football, total football, whatever, he had a philosophy and the players knew what they were going to. I'm going to ask you now, tell me what Paul Ward's philosophy is. And I'm going to ask a genuine question. As a coach, you tell me what he's trying to play. Because I have no idea. In four games that I've watched now, in the last 14 days, I have no idea what that style of football is. He, he, He changed the back three or the bat five or whatever you want to call it three five two whatever he took off bradley yeah and he put i'm trying to think who else he took off i can't remember now i need to look at my notes he put, he put thompson on for bradley didn't he and how many positions did thompson play in the space of 10 minutes <laughs> i'm asking a genuine question exactly no 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 no, no i get it I, I understand that point so he took um I, I, go on. I think it was Collins that I might be wrong. Um, let's have a look. Um, so we talk. Yeah, you're right. Collins came off for Thompson. You're absolutely right. Mm. So Washington came on for Bradley. Yeah. At the same time as Thompson came on for Collins. Uh, and obviously Kane Wilson had already come on for Ward. So we thought an elder came on for Mendes Lang which was a, a fullback for a winger who was playing at a 10, so I have no idea. So we thought when um, Bradley was sacrificed and obviously Thompson came off for Collins as well, there was going to be some form of a of a 4-4-2 attack. And I, he went back to a back three again. And then it was bonkers. I just don't get it. It was just, I don't think it was nothing to do with the personnel at all. But I asked the question again, please tell me, what, what is the actual style of football? What, what are we looking to play? Because, you know, I, I, don't, I don't see what the philosophy is. And if I knew what the philosophy was and the, the attention to detail, what they're trying to attempt to do, I would get behind it and be positive. But there's so many fans now that are saying on a regular basis, yes, we want to win ugly, I get it. But what are, what is the actual style, Simon? They're trying. Well, from what I what I get it, I understand the substitution that we're. But that that could just be. It could have. It could have. If that had been Collins on for Washington, Thompson on for Bradley, no one would have batted an eyelid. Fuzzy goes into the middle, makes makes the back three up. Thompson he tries at left wing back because that's what he did in preseason, and and, and Washington goes up front. But the what I'm seeing is he's trying to get it out wide and get balls into the box. That's what I'm seeing. But Oxford had two men out wide every single time, which stopped us from doing that. Don't interrupt me, Chris. I know you're dying to. The ball then got put back in the middle. Once it was in the middle of the park, our midfield had no idea what to do with it. There's no 
there was nothing. They just literally froze at times. That's why balls got misplaced because all they've got in their head is, I need to get it out wide. I need to get it out wide. Shit, what if I can't get it out wide? What do I do then? Every every ball that was up to Collins was lumped up to him rather than to his feet. I remember the uh, first near the end of the first half, Cashin played a ball, probably a, I don't know, a ten yard pass in the air to James Collins, when he could have played it to his feet. Why is he playing it in the air? That's individual errors, for me. Granted, and that that's the way I see it. And this is as well what I saw in preseason was trying to get the ball out wide, get early balls in. You even said to me as well. Look at where our crosses are coming in from. They're not going to the byline anymore. They're coming in from wherever. They're early. Yeah, they're early. Yeah. But that, and for whatever reason, that isn't happening at the minute. You've, you've answered that question in your, own, in your own rant, though. Oxford and Wigan have worked out the plan A very, very quickly, Hillary. And I'll, I'll pass you on to this now. What I'm saying is the modern game defence is attacked, there's a press. Every team pretty much now presses the football high for at least 60 minutes. Let's be honest, Oxford did it, Blackpool did it, Burton attempted it, Wigan definitely did it. We are not able to break the press with ability to play football with the system we have. So that why we end up lumping it, that's your answer. Because they're petrified of trying to play through a press. Hillary, what's your Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because they're not brave enough. They're not brave enough. enough. Or not good enough. Well, Paul Warren mentioned being brave enough. In his his post match, he says, and he's said it so many times this season, we are not being brave enough on the ball. So what do we do? Bang it forward. And he's telling his players to be brave. So that's where the players have got to take accountability as well. Hillary? I mean, I, I personally found the substitutions on Tuesday equally baffling because I assumed he was going to move to a different defensive system when he kind of took Bradley off and then turn around to see hadn't done so. That was a little bit perplexing, to say the least. Um, I feel like the mo- I feel at the moment whether it's about being brave. I don't, and whether the players are good enough. I certainly don't think they're coming across as confident enough because they look so nervous of making any sort of mistake. In the first few matches of the season, we've made lots of individual errors that have led to lots of goals. And so it almost feels like the first first thing in their brain is don't make a mistake that leads to a goal, and that's what I that's what I sense from the defence. Because uh, I actually thought it was Bradley who'd kick the sorry Nelson had kicked the ball out. I think it was for the first goal against um, Oxford, but Bradley I think had done something around the header, and and to me it's just like oh my god it's coming to me let me get rid of it. That's how it feels to me watching our defence at the moment, rather than playing the type of football that I suspect Paul Warren thinks is briefed in training. So. Um, and I don't think there was a plan B on, on Tuesday, really. And I think what didn't help us was Joe Ward going off. And I think that's a real debate for us to have about what happens this week. Because what we saw again pre-season was that kind of Ward and Collins link up. That was where a lot of the attacking threat was coming from. And I don't think Kane Wilson's done particularly badly since he's come in. But I don't think at the moment for me, Joe Ward is the best of the of the pre-season signing. So losing him is, is, a, is a real blow for us, I think. And that's really, really bad luck um, with him and, and probably Bird as well. So I, I do think we struggled on a plan B because I think we weren't executing plan A very well. And to me, Oxford didn't really look like they were getting out of second and third gear. So I think it was uh, Warren said in an interview after the match, we need better players. And I think the one thing we can all agree on is whatever system we're playing, we need better players to execute it with more confidence because at the moment I'm seeing players who lack confidence and, and I think we're probably lacking, well, we're certainly lacking pace. I mean, that's the other thing for me 
on Tuesday, you're sitting there thinking it felt like Derby thought they're in a training session at times. They've got the ball in midfield and they're looking around for 15 minutes and three Oxford players are on them and they've taken the ball and it's gone into an attack. So I think that for me, it just feels, it feels cagey. And Chris, we spoke last week and you said, how are you feeling about the season? And I was like, I feel edgy. After the first couple of matches, I feel edgy. And I think the players feel edgy. Um, and the nervousness for me with Pride Park being what it is, is we need, I mean, last year I used to go to Pride Park after Warren joined as well, thinking we're going to win every match. At the moment, I'm looking at it going, God, Fleetwood, that's been, <laughs> that feels a bit dodgy. And that's not the way I expect to be feeling walking into this into this season this year. So we need to lose that edginess and we need to lose it very, very quickly. Last year, though, I think we played with no pressure. There was no real pressure. And then when the pressure came on, that's when, that's when the losses started to come, I think. But this season feels like all that's ever been mentioned is got to get promotion, got to get promotion, promotion is a target. You know, that, that you know, Johnny Bradley came in and says, oh, you know, we want to get this club promoted. And I think when you go to Pride Park and all the fans have heard that, they're expectant of that, that can lead to the nervousness, the edginess, the mistakes, etc. They need to find a way just to just calm it down. That's all it... I, there was, there was... That, Simon. I think last year we all walked that ground with joy in our hearts that we got a club. Mm. And the expectation was, I've got a club I can go and watch and I'm so relieved and I feel such love for this club. And it can, you know, it was, it was kind of in that space. And me personally, I think I've said a number of times, I had no expectations going into last season that we we're going to be competing. I was like, I think we'll finish between 8th and 13th, maybe a bit lower. I'll be happy with that based on where I've got to. And then, of course, you get a bit excited because you're going on these runs and you're thinking we might get promoted. And we're going to this season as favourites and, and, and the players are talking it up and the manager's talking it up and the fans are talking it up. And, you know, I think if we'd had this result at the start of last season under any manager, we'd still be going, oh, we love you, David, thank you. And we don't care about the results. Now we go, we love you, David, thank you. Can you now make sure we're winning all the games to get promoted this season? Because we need it. And I do think there is a real mindset shift for, for fair reasons. We should be expecting more of this team to get up this year. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But I mean, we had, we had Nick Webster on here and I think... He said it, he was spot on. He said, This, we overachieved last season. And if we don't get promoted this season, it's not the end of the world, basically, because this club's still going through a humongous rebuild. Uh, Where? I wonder if the debate is, though, it's about. Sorry, um, Chris. Sorry, it's okay. Go on. Go on. What we want to see as a fan base more than anything is progression. We want to see improvements. Mm. We want to see. And I think. At the moment, we can't see that as a set of fans from last season. What we're seeing is a less strong squad for all the reasons we've talked about in terms of the outs, and we're not seeing the improvements on the field. I think I think most Derby fans, if they genuinely saw a significant improvement, will be going, yeah, we're on a journey, to quote bloody X Factor. We're going through all of that, that stuff. But at the moment, I don't think we can see that either. So I don't disagree with Nick. Um, but at the moment, I don't think we can see. Um, we, we didn't see this as a consolidation season. We saw it as a push-on season, and at the moment, we this start hasn't pushed us on. Yeah, I think, and I think that that's what it boils down to is the, is the expectation. I remember when we came down from the Premiership. Um, Nigel Clough had what six, uh, five years, four or five years, rebuilding that the the club the the squad you know and getting the right players in and then eventually he did and then obviously McLaren took over we know what happened then I, I think we're in the same sort of situation now but in League One which might be hard to accept for some people because of how long we've been in the Championship 
I just feel that, you know, we've got to remember a year ago we were in administration. We got taken over by a reluctant person. Let's be honest, he was reluctant to take over, but did it because he felt he had to. You know, he's not, a, you know, he's, he, fair enough, he's got a bit of brass underneath him, but he's not, you know, mega, mega rich. And he's not going to be able to spend, 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 you know. And I just think we we have got to look at it that, yeah, of course we want promotion. Of course we want to get back out of League One as soon as possible. But in reality, it's, it, is, it is still, no matter if no matter if you look at the league and go, yeah, we should, we should walk this league. The reality is there's, you know, 23 other teams in this league that want to also get out of this league. There's, only, there's the players, only room for three. And maybe the players and the managers should stop talking it up as much then as well. Because I think that I has driven, I mean, I think it's a really tough league to get out of. We know other teams that have come down and stayed in this league for a long time, but there has been this kind of, this is the year, this is the year. And I mean, I back Derby to go up every single year. I lose money every year, one year. <laughs> so, make- so, does, so does Chris, you're not on your own, don't worry. I, I, and I come across as the three of us as probably the most negative of all of us. But I said from, from the word go, we'll win the league. I said it on Radio Derby. I'll go back to a point you mentioned there, Hillary and Simon, regarding um, the promotion of promotion by the players. Sonny Bradley was given an extra long interview, which I found quite interesting. When he signed for Derby, he was on Ram TV for a good 11 minutes, wasn't it? It was a very long... And all he ever spoke about was he was told categorically, it's promotion or bus. You are here for promotion. Now, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to throw it back at you because I'm going to put in the spanner in the works. How long could David Clowes afford to play, play in League One? Because he hasn't got deep pockets. He hasn't. I think that I, I, the answer to that is I don't know, but I'm assuming that's why we will be, become even more of a trading club as we look to sell people like potentially cash in, potentially bird. Because we are, I think we had this conversation last week. We are now a trading club, and we need to accept that to an extent. We have to be. We have to be. You're right, Hillary. We have to be a trading club. The the pockets aren't deep, um, and I fear that. I would love to know what the, 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 the business plan is, and I'm sure it'll, it, it's available somewhere to look at, but I, I would imagine it relies heavily, Simon, on high attendances. It relies heavily on, as Hillary said, the ability to trade. Now, what comes... I'm going to reverse it on you both. I, I, I love the calmness, and I love the attitude about build, 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 but... You've also got to accept that the longer you are in this league, the the difference is some clubs who have stayed in this league for a long time and have managed to get out have had backing and have had a good... They've almost been unlucky. If you look at some of the clubs that haven't got over the line first, second time, they've been very unlucky in certain elements. My, my fear is, is that Hillary mentioned it in previous about five minutes ago my fear is personally there needs to be a guidance i i I am worried that we have a fantastic owner i I accept that as you know i used to work at uh where david clowes lived for we used to rent an office from him and he come across as a really nice bloke and we had great chats with him but who is actually how is he running the football club? Is he running the football club as a fan? Is he running the football club as a, like you said, Simon, a reluctant owner who came in to save the club? Because that's that's a very interesting. 
Is he a reluctant owner? Does he want to pass it on? He's saying all the right things and he's a great bloke. And yes, you're right. We are so lucky to have an owner like David. We really are. And, I, and I'll, I'll promote him all the way. But I think it's now time he needs direction. He needs to bring a football person in. He needs to bring a football board in. And Derby have still got plenty of time to get promotion this year. There's loads of points to play for. But there needs to be a structure from the top down to the bottom, Hillary and Simon. There has to be. Because at the moment, decisions are being made by individuals. Let's be honest. They are being made by individuals. And that worries me. That concerns me that there is no thought behind the, the vision. Simon, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, yeah. Um, it, it, well, that, that's it. I mean, again, he said in his interview about him. You know, I mentioned earlier on about him not running the club, so it, it, you know, he wants to be a backseat owner. So it's left in the hands of Stephen Pearce, which you know, he was obviously involved with Mel. You know, David gave his reasons for keeping Stephen on board. He knows the club inside and out. He's got experience. You know, so I, I agree. I totally agree. I, I do think at some point there needs to be a bigger boardroom than just the two of them. That's obviously how it was run previously, just the two of them. You know, obviously, Hillary, you can enlighten us on this as well. There's a, obviously, the, the, they're talking now about obviously the supporters board as well. You know. Well, I was going to come back to a kind of previous question. There's two things. I'm just looking at the supporters charter group meeting that was held in July and those minutes have been circulated. So, I mean, two things I think that have come out of there. Um, that, that might be relevant to that conversation we just had. So first of all, it says Paul Warren is aiming for a squad of 22. So that kind of gives us some indication about where we think we're short. But interestingly, um, the comment about two directors was raised as part of the SCG. And, and the, 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 the answer at the time was it's being looked at about whether they want to recruit more people to the board. It will only happen if the individual is the right fit for the club and will bring value. And the same with the chair. So... I think my the first thing I'd say is David Clowes is a ridiculously successful businessman and I don't think he's, in a nice way, I don't think he's going to need lots of lessons from us on how to run and structure the football club. But I do think there'll be, I'm sure there are things going on that we don't know about and I say we as in the, the wider the wider football base. In terms of how the clubs run, what they articulated at the meeting was that this, this, they call what this football executive team which is more like a collective. So they talk about, and I want to, re- I want to read off what the answer was at the time because it might be helpful. So the football executive team has been referred to in club statements, who's on the team and what's their remit. When we talk about the answer, when we talk about it, this is made up of Paul Warren, head coach, Ross Burberry, Amit Panu, Mark Thomas, Matt Hale and Stephen Pearce. The football executive team has been put together as we never wanted just one person running the club or training ground like was previously the case in, in football many years ago. So there's more in the answers if you want to have a look at more detail, but that's clearly the way that the club are describing to us as fans groups and therefore, and those notes are in circulation, there's nothing um, secretive about them at all. That's how, they're, that's how they are telling us decisions are being made in the club. Um, so that's just a bit of a reference point. And sorry, I missed your slightly later point, Chris, because I was just looking at those up whilst we were, we were on the call. Yeah, well, what's, what's their background on the executive board? I've, I I don't recognise those names. Are they have they got a footballing background or are they executives from the building and commercial side? Because David Clouds is an incredibly successful businessman. Well, certainly his, his family were. Charlie was in, was unbelievably astute, and, and David's continued uh, the excellent work on that. 
But but what is the background of it? Have you met them yourself, or because what I'm trying to say is that I, I look at certain clubs and how they ran and ran brilliantly, and you look at the likes of models of Luton Town who have got fo- a footballing board with Mick Hartford on there and other astute people who have been there and seen it and done it, coached, managed, played. You've got Brentford, whose board is full of experience. Um, you have Brighton, who has an incredible board. Look at them now. I, I tweeted, you know, eight years have passed since we absolutely battered them 5-1. They've just sold a player for 115 million plus add-ons, and we're going mad about a £3 million loan back. You know, how times change. Well, what is their background? Did they did they mention where they, they come from? No, I mean, we know some of them. So we know Paul Warren's got a football background. I think we know that Mark Thomas has been in football for a long time. So, And I'm not here trying to defend it. I'm trying to give you the answer around how it's structured. Of course, of course. But, so to me, I feel like I, I'm 100% in the camp saying we are we have the best owner in the Football League, in my opinion. I think we are absolutely, whilst I think financially we know that this is not a bottomless pit of money. I think we've got somebody who's trying to build this club strategically for the long term, and at this point in time, and I can't see me ever changing, I'm, I'm going to back the way that he structures how he's going to run the club. Um, I think we have questions to ask around how we get in the recruitment in and who those players are coming through. And I think there's questions around, do we personally think it's the right system that we're playing? I would love to see a change of system um, from this this kind of back five that feels to me edgy and nervous and whatever. But I'm, I'm not in the place at the moment where I think the issue comes from I think the club will be doing everything behind the scenes to make sure this club is being run properly. And I have confidence in David Klaus for that. I really do. No, I agree with you. David Klaus is a fantastic owner. And like I'll put it on record, I'll back him 100%, as I said. What I'm saying is, you've just mentioned that two people on there is the manager and the recruitment director. Who who, Who are they actually answering to? Because when you have a footballing board, you have people with experience and understanding of the game who will question certain things. Like I'll turn around and question say, okay, your your bench on Tuesday was a like for like swap from from basically players on the pitch that weren't giving it. You could replace them with bench and substitutes going into the same positions, but you're basically changing the personnel. You didn't have a bench there. You haven't got a bench that can change the system. And we could end up going back to the old analogy of square pegs and round holes if we're not careful. So what I'm saying is I would like to know who actually questions some of their reasonings behind signing certain players. Because you you look at the model that some football clubs have, and clearly it goes to a level and an understanding of, of the pros and cons. Simon, I don't know if you want to come in on that, but I just believe that at the moment, there seems to be almost like, is there a battle? Is there a battle between who's running the club? Is it Paul Ward and wanting a bigger say? Is it is it is it the chief executive who, who's tying the purse strings? I, I would just think if a bit of clarity would help David immensely, because I don't think he wants to be on the forefront and I think he's quite right not to be on the forefront, Hillary. He wants to be a quiet owner. He's got a fantastic PLC to run, in the uh, you know as his as his daytime job. I don't think he wants Derby County Football Club as his daytime job, Simon. No, I, I agree. I, I agree with that totally, and I and I do get your point because it, it does seem a bit strange having a sort of footballing board that 
consists of a manager and obviously the chief exec. What if they fall out? You know, you know, <laughs> there's all sorts of rumors I've, I've seen going round. Obviously, one of them was uh, Darren Moore being at the game. You know, and it, it just, you know, it's stuff like that that it can unsettle a, a squad, a fan base, everything. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. That's what I was looking That was basically what I was saying. There's your settlement. Sorry, Hilary. Well, I'm also going to say, though, so, that, you know, this is how Derby County have been run since David Clowes has come in, right? We're talking about this because we've had a really poor start to the season. We weren't talking about this in January and February. We weren't sitting there going, how's this working between this? I mean, I, I wasn't hearing that. Maybe you were. So it feels to me like we're reacting to a really poor start to the season, which we all fully acknowledge and we're all frustrated by. And I feel like we're doing two plus two equals 173 on some of the conversations we start to have. So for me, it's a bit like, I don't know. For me, we've got the manager in place. They've got a team that they're working through. We've got the ownership. We can't say we back David Clowes. By the way, you're doing this bit wrong, David. We back David Clowes. We don't. I back him. And, and that doesn't mean to say we can't. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not suggesting that. But, but I kind of think these conversations were not existing six months ago when we were on the edge of playoffs. So uh, there's a bit for me that says let's really focus on. I don't think that's what the issue is in the club. Personally, I think the issue is we're not recruiting the players that we need. Um, and, and, and there could be a myriad, and I don't know the reasons for that any more than you do. I'm assuming it's a combination of availability and affordability and uh, and, and the other things that we've talked about. And, and, you know, getting injuries and selling players is kind of going to be the way that our season's going to go, and we've got to get on with it. Simon? Great point. Absolutely great point. We would not be having this conversation had we not lost. Let's ignore the cup. Had we not lost two out of our three league games. We won't be having this conversation. Full stop. But it's just the fact we've had a we've had a wretched start. Yeah. That's that's the only reason this has come up. Had he had he maybe drawn a game, had, had we played awful and drawn on on um on Tuesday night, there wouldn't there wouldn't be people going, oh, get him out, get him out. It would have gone down. Well, that was a bit of a poor game, weren't it? And th- this is the problem. Yeah. Everyone's expecting win, 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 win every game. It doesn't work like that. We've got to stop this reaction of. Oh, we lost. We were, we were awful. We got battered. We've been. We played too many stakes. Some it's not working. Okay, fair enough. But no one was saying this after the um, after the Burton game where we won three nil. No, no, no one was going. Oh, worn out. Oh, the, the, the tactics aren't working. They weren't saying that. Now they are because we, we we played awful on a Tuesday night. I'm not being funny, but you do have awful games. Every manager has them. Yeah, it's come. Simon, it's come, it's come four. early in the season. There's been four. There's, so what? There's been four. Okay, okay. I'm gonna throw... All right. So Wigan actually shit first off. Second off, we were all over him, and we we we, we got the equaliser, and we should have got a second, but we didn't. Then we made an, an error, and we conceded again. But other than that, I don't think that was a really, really bad performance. Blackpool, I didn't go to it, listened on the radio, heard what everybody said, said it was absolutely dreadful. You know, there's that. Burton, again, first half, didn't come out. We we got an early goal, sat back for 50, 60 minutes, weren't great. But then we got, for some reason, we we started to come out of traps. We trusted ourselves and we got two goals, 3-0. And then obviously there was a game where we were actually stinking for 90 minutes on, on, on Tuesday. So... But that and that that's it. And there was just, you know, I think there has been good good parts to our play in games. We've just too many individual errors of costing us right now. And I think this is a reaction because a lot of us, majority of us, are expecting promotion this season because it's been really, really hyped up. 
We are running out of time, so I will move on to the TikTok I'll comments. Just say how much I'm enjoying just listening to you two banter, though. I'm absolutely loving it. <laughs> well, he's just quickly digressed, but he's right. I'll have him off the air because I could throw you back and say, okay, if we lose the next three games, Simon, I don't think you'll be saying that. But that's well, no, yeah, t- that's, that's six games. I give him, and you give him to the end of September when you've got your transfer windows over, you've okay. had two months with your squad, you've got all your players in. Okay. Right now, there's going to be unsettlements, especially as you both said, we are we've got to be a trading club. So there's going to be players that want to go. There's going to be players that are going. Oh, they're interesting me that we might not know about. No one knew that Aaron Cashin was one of these players that potentially got his head turned. No one knew for definite. I had an inkling. I did say that I think he may possibly go in this window. That was right at the start of the season. But no one knew that, so we don't know if there's other players like that. And this is the issue. Until that that squad is settled, and there isn't clubs coming after our players you can't judge him you've got to wait until the end of September that's when you can really look at him and go right something's got to change here either the tactics or the manager's got to change simple as because with him right now it's it's not working 10 minutes anyway. to TikTokers then Simon come on so, <laughs> sorry Hillary go on Hillary my, my dad always said to me you needed to look at a, t- a, a table at the end of September October that's when you start to judge because it's always in this messy period and the other thing you been going to see Derby since 1948-49. The other thing he always says is, listen to what Clough said, it takes six months for new players to get into a squad and really bed in. And I do think we also need to just bear some of that in mind as well. And I'll, and I'll talk TikTok because I don't understand TikTok. It's, a, <laughs> it's Simon's baby. Go on, Simon. So I'll, I'll, ignore the, um, I'll ignore the comments from Forest fans. Um, <laughs> there is, there, for some reason, why they're looking at a Derby TikTok page, I don't know, but whatever. Um, simple one here from someone, username is, Dar- is dirt underscore 331. Derby County are not doing good at home. Very true. Ruben says, if we ain't have an all right budget, why haven't we why aren't we spending it even when we spent a bit? We spent it on people who are old and near the end of their career. Obviously, we've touched on that. Uh, about we the, the budget and players, don't we? Definitely. We, we, yeah, we do. And we need to start looking at younger players. Yeah, as Misty, he did say 23 to 28. Yeah. And as of yet, yeah, that dart has only hit one, one I think, so which is Wilson. Oh, yeah, Ward, Ward. Ward sneaks in, doesn't he, at 27. Yeah. Um, Jay Smith, that's my nephew, says, What do you think of David Cloud? My personal opinion is thank you for saving the club. But now more than ever, it's proven that you can't build a promotion-winning team on free agents. We have to spend some sort of money to get out of this league. Uh, Craig Venus says, as pissed off as I am with the season so far, we are in a rebuild. I can't see us getting rid of Warren. Do you guys? We've obviously had the discussion. We need to find a winning formula fast. Very true. Uh, Jane said, Warren, Warren keeps saying it's such a task to find players that improve our team, hence why we haven't signed anyone. Surely it's not that hard based off the last few games. Do you reckon he's struggling to attract them? Because I'm starting to wonder if that's the case. See, someone on TikTok has the same opinion as one of your followers on Twitter, Chris. And me. <laughs> and you, yeah. All, all I'm saying is, you do get attracted by, you know, cars. You get attracted by... The opposite sex, of course. You get attracted by jobs available to you know, that, that turn your head. You've got, you've got to ask yourself, is the product matching your ambition? Sorry, Simon, go on. That's fine. Uh, HG says, what, what positions do you think need strengthening the most? Spine. Uh, yeah, I think we, I, th- I definitely think we need a mid, some midfielders, yeah. a couple of midfielders in there. I think, midfield, I th- I think that for me, we probably need a bit more pace in defence, but we need midfield to get that holding job right to give us some relief. I agree. Yeah, totally agree. Midfield's got to be sorted. I, I, I generally think the striker should be a loan 
to be honest. I'd look at Sam Cosgrove on loan or Smith if we can on loan. One of them to on loan and then just try and get in for a midfielder. Um, user 771070190 Come on, get a decent name on that. Thoughts, <laughs> <laughs> thoughts on Sonny Bradley? Overhyped in my opinion. They build him as great. I think he's been a disaster. Well, it's, Ooh, it's not can a great I, Can I start it? with that one? Can oh, I quickly man. answer that one? Alban Toza. That's Albert, uh, uh, right there. Albert Tosa came with a fantastic reputation. He'd been with a club in La Liga for five or six years. Had a lot of tattoos around his neck as well, if you remember, strangely. Um, and came with this amazing reputation. But he'd been at a club a long time. I'm trying to think of the club it was, but they were very small. The like, Ibar. I, that's right, Ibar. They played in front of seven or 8,000. They were like second or third in La Liga because of his performances. He had been at that club pretty much, pretty much all his career. He came to a Derby County, a bigger club, bigger atmosphere, and he just couldn't. He just couldn't hack it. He just could not. I think sometimes players have played in a system and at a club so long that you get stereocast. I think this, and, and someone mentioned it today. It's like when you go to EastEnders as a cast member. You can stay at a club so long, and then you become. You, you, you're good at a certain thing and then you go and try that trade at another club and it doesn't work. There's another guy that Philip Koku signed, Mike, was it Deverick? Mike Deverick, yeah. Who came with a fantastic reputation from a club he had played at for many years, came to Derby. Grenegan. Grenegan, yeah. Well, look at you, you stato. Yeah, and then, well, what I'm saying is within two or three games, it's clear that he couldn't hack the Derby County atmosphere, the uh, the the pressure. Is it a case of Sonny Bradley? And, and I was a massive... I also was there, I think. I was on the bandwagon, Hillary. But is it a case now, is actually the injury as it? He played 13 games last year, which I noticed you mentioned last, last night. We're at a derby. Spot on he had. He hasn't played for a while. Is it rust? And if it's rust, take him out of the team and get him fit. I don't know, Hillary. Quickly, your thoughts on that? I, well, I'm hoping it is that. I'm hoping it's the fact he's not had as much match practice last year and he's coming into a new club, a new system. And I was incredibly excited when we signed him and I'm I'm prepared to sit tight and give him a bit more time to settle in and, and, and do it again. Because it, it, I don't think it's that he can't fit into another system. And you yourself said most players are used to fitting into different systems all the way through their playing career. Very so true, very true. I'm going to go with the fact that he's still coming, he's coming into a new club, he's taking a bit of time to settle, as a lot of players do, and... He didn't have a full season last year and maybe he's not quite as fit as we'd like to see him coming in brand new. Simon? I, I just think, yeah, same same as Hillary. I just think he needs he needs a bit of time to adapt. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, we know, we've seen him play at Luton, for Luton. We, we know how, how much of a quality player is. And Absolutely. So I, I think it is in there. I think he, it could, it could just be a simple case of, you know, I'd, I, I, we change the system and all of a sudden it becomes comfortable because let's be honest, neither Sonny Bradley nor Curtis Nelson have pulled up many trees this season, right? At, at, at this far. Both, both of them, Good both point. of them, both of them look very nervous, very edgy, you know, as we've previously said. So I think it might be a case of they're not, they are, they are struggling at, at prior part to deal with, with 25, 26, 27,000 fans. It's a massive, massive difference. Hmm. So I just think again, it's, I think they've got, you know, obviously the two players you mentioned, Alban Tozer and uh, Taveric, are both, let's be honest, they, they, they came from abroad. 
Bradley is is English. Nelson, you know, they've, they've played in, in in England. They know what the league's like. So I don't. I think it's just going to take a couple of you know, a couple of games, few few more games to adapt, and they'll soon they'll soon be fine. Yeah. Okay. Um. Mason Jones says thoughts on Rossini being being at the game watching Max Bird. Well, they've not really made it, you know, a secret that they want Bird. So I'm not surprised to see him there. I can't. I think it was a massive surprise to see Darren Moore there either. I mean, he's going to be keeping active, looking at football mm. matches, looking at where's absolutely. Like- it was a storm in a teacup over it. So I was just going, well, we, we know we won 3 0 on Saturday. I know what I'll do. I'll bring in Darren Moore to get that. I just think he was just there watching a game of football as, a, as somebody who's involved in football. That's how I saw it. I don't think Darren Moore could be discreet either. 6 <laughs> 3, uh, you know. He's probably that six three, you know. He's got Wide more muscles. Well. Yeah, he's he's one. He's a very big, gentle giant. Bless him. Um, no, you're right. I think there was. No, I think he's local. He's forty minutes away from the ground. Um, he has interest. I think with former players playing for Sheffield Wednesday as well. So yeah, he's he's a football man, and you're right. He's got to stay active. He's got to do scouting because his job, his next job, could, could come tomorrow. Exactly. Simon. Yeah, Dick, Dickens basically said that. Darren Moore was there at the game yesterday. Do you reckon David Clowes had enough of Warren's worrying home run? It's, no, it's, it's not. I don't know why people, I still don't get why people are comparing, are carrying on from last season. We've, we've mentioned this, so the, the squad's totally different. I, I just think, I think there is a, there's, there is a bit of a pressure cooker at, at Pryor Park, especially. You know, it is tough to play there when everyone wants to win. And when the pressure of promotion comes on, let's. I just think he, Warren needs to say to his players, or even if it's Klaus or you know, the, what the chief exec comes in and says, "Look, guys, if we don't get promoted, we don't get promoted. All I want you to do is give everything. That's all I want. Just to try and settle settle the players down. That 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 could be all it needs." I feel better already, Simon. You saying that? I just feel calm. <laughs> hey mate you wait till I give you the joysticks mate go on then <laughs> um, the 007 says get rid of the back three they ain't good enough for it and last one is Dim- Dimitri says Paul Warren does not buy any young players he always buys old players that can hardly run buy some young player because at least they're hungry for goals I, I, ju- I don't think that's I- Paul wants to buy players that can run and etc but I just think at the minute his, his hands have been tied so far. Can I just throw one little thing in there? Because I need to finish. But personally, I've not always been the biggest fan of Liam Thompson when he's been playing at Derby. But I thought when he came... Welcome to the show, Hillary. This is the uh, We oh. Hate Liam Thompson show. <laughs> no, no, you do. <laughs> Hang on. No, no Hillary. Go on, carry on, carry on. Tuesday, I thought he brought in a, that kind of pace and energy that we've been missing throughout most of the match. I thought it was a real breath of fresh air. So I want to think some positives that came out of Tuesday. And I'm, I'm going to spin that right back onto the Liam Thompson not fan club, which is he did bring on some pace and some energy, but the first three times he got the ball, he gave it away. Look, and one of them led to a chance. But I think we'd say that that happened quite a lot last on Tuesday, generally through the squad. And it, so. Yes, and it did. And that was his defence that <laughs> night. <Yeah. laughs> but no, I'm going to sit back now, Hillary, and watch you two squabble because uh, it's very enjoyable. So <laughs> let's let's get on to the... Let's have two minutes on the game coming yeah. Saturday. Hillary, what do you change? How do you get the win? Um... I I think I'd change the system. I I mean, I'm not quite sure how with the injuries, how the players it's got now fit into the changes system. So that's the bit that I'm a little bit unsure on. But for me, I would, I think I'd have Waggy or Washington in. 
Uh, I think I'd go back to more of a traditional 4-4-2, and I know there's various connotations around that. Um, and I, th- I think we'll win on Saturday. Simon? I'd go for, yeah, I'd go to like a 4-3-3 or 4-3-2-1 or whatever you want to call it, you know. Um, you know I'd maybe looking at changing Joe Wildsmith as well. That's interesting that you say that because I thought he's played, I mean, obviously I think the first goal, I, when I see it again, I can see why what Eric Steele was talking about. But he's From post, he's in the wrong position again. But there are a lot of saves he made as well. I mean, what, do, you, do you kind of balance mm. any of that out or is, he, is it? it I, I'm looking at him not just from Tuesday's game, but I'm looking at him over the season so far, he's not looked assured. I, I felt, to be honest, he personally started to backtrack of it, of, from his good performances at the back end of last season when we brought in um, what's his face from Forest Green. Uh, I, oh, what was his name? Chris, come on, what was his name? Uh, you know what? That's a really good question. Carry on. Useless. I'll have Useless. a look. But I, I just feel me and Chris have had this debate about obviously me and Chris, Chris is I. We're both playing goal, basically. Well, Chris was a, is a goalkeeping coach. So we do have the piece about the goalkeepers quite a lot. Um, and last season, at the start of last season, we felt Wildsmith was a little bit dodgy. But he had no real competition. No disrespect to Scott Loach. Or, you know, and obviously the guy from West Ham got injured and then obviously yeah. went back. Um, but obviously then he picked up on his performances and he was good. He looked solid. He looked he looked confident. He looked, he looked his whole body, you know, uh, what's the... Body language yeah. was totally different. Looked really confident. It was great to see, and I just felt though when he gets someone that's potentially Luke McGee, him, that's the one, Luke McGee. Yeah, when he gets someone that he's got competition with, it makes him nervous because he doesn't want to mess Agreed. up. Agreed. Okay, interesting. Because he doesn't want to lose his number one spot because he's been fight. He's not been a number one keeper. This is the first time he's been a number one keeper. That's really- so there's pot- for me there's potential for Josh Vickers to come in. See how we you know, I felt he did all right against Blackpool. You know, I know he's let two goals in, but he made some cracking saves as well. And yeah, Wildsmith did make some good saves. There was one especially in the second half. Yeah. Got down to his, his right dead uh, yeah, his right dead quick. Um so yeah, I may put Vickers in goal. I, go I do think Wild I do think Wildsmith's distribution has changed. It's not it's, got, it's, it, 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 it's he's not he's not willing to play it through the back lines at all right. he's just he's, there's there's a there's a lump attitude that's come with him like I said it could be nerves it could be anything but there's definitely no there's no understanding of Bill from the back uh, and that always starts with the goalkeeper in the modern era so sorry Simon carry on I'd, I'd potentially go with a back four of Fozzie I think you've got to keep Bradley in otherwise if you I'd, I just think you've got to keep him in just to not knock his confidence too much but I'd probably go Fozzie at left back Bradley cash in and I'd be tempted to go Curtis Nelson at right back, to be honest. Because to be honest, in the, in the late stage of that game, he actually looked quite pacey and powerful going up the right hand side. Um, midfield three, you'd assume Bird's going to be out, so you'd have to. For me, I'd go Smith, Horahan, and I'd have to go Thompson because we just yeah. haven't got anybody else. We're going to get Sibley back unless. Well, this is it. I'd like to put Sibley in instead. <laughs> That's what I would. Rudy. Say. Yeah, but for me, he's too defensive. He's another defensive mm, midfielder. I like Rooney. I, I like him as well. I do like him. Um, and up top, I'd go Waggy, Collins, Mendes Lang. You see, I don't think he'll play cash in. 
Well, um, possibly. Um, and if he doesn't, I'd go. It would be obviously Bradley if Nelson. And, if and there Wilson. is, if there is a three million pound deal plus a loan back on the table, they need him fit. And at the sake of sacrificing him a game to get that piece of paper signed, I would not be surprised at all if they take cashing out of the equation to take take his head away from the game, get the deal done. Let him go down to Brighton. Let him have a bit of time down there. Understand what he's potentially going to. Go to a rigid back four of experience. I'd go Fozzy. I'd go Bradley. I'd go Nelson. And I'd go Smith. I'd put Smith at Smith right back. Smith at right back. Well, he's played there. I played quite well there last. And I'd put Rooney in front of them in the midfield. For for let's look. We can't lose. We cannot lose. So let's go rigid. I'll put Rooney there in the middle. Uh, he can pass the He's a wonderful pass of the ball, is Jake Rooney. He's a very underrated player. This guy's got a big future. Horihan. Rooney will do the dirty work for Horihan. I think Rooney could be the uses that we're, look, we're looking for. Um, I think you could see Sibley back in. I think you're right. I think you could see Waghorn drop into the midfield. I think Mendes Lang has to go wide of the midfield. Absolutely spot on both of you. And I think you're right. I think Washington will come in with Collins. I don't know if that's 12 or 11, I've said, but... We can play 15, we definitely got to win. Yeah, if we get away with 12 or 15 and take a 1-0, I'll have it. But I do think you'll see Rooney. I really do. Because I, I think people have forgot about him. Yeah, to be fair, every time he played last season, I thought he, I, I felt every sorry, every time he played last season, I felt he was uh, solid. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think that's a really good call. Yeah. And I think I think I'm going to go for the quick pro score prediction before we uh, wrap it up and 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 thank the guests. I'm going to go for one nil, Jake. Uh, <laughs> one nil to Derby. I can't say Curtis Davis because he's left. So I'm going to go. Curtis Nelson, 1-0. Let's go for it. Uh, I'm going to go with the fact we're going to bounce back strong and we're going to smash him 4-1. Oh. <laughs> Bloody <you>? hell. <laughs> wow. I think I'm being ridiculously over-optimistic, but I'm going to put I'll tell you what, if that happens, I am going to message you and say, what are the lottery numbers? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more likely to be a 1-0 type match, but I'm going to go 4-1. Let's just go with it. Get, get, get Waggy, get a second goal for the season. I'm going to hide on the table. No, I'm not really. Uh, I never ever predicted us to lose, even though sometimes I actually think that. But no, I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going to go two one, two one derby. Um, Collins is going to get his first goal at Pride Party season, and I'm going to go with a goal from Mendes Lang. Oh, and I'm going to back Simon. I think he could put Vickers in. I think yeah. uh, as a change of, of of change of distribution and a positive, um, just to take Wildsmith out of the limelight. And I think Vickers did show at Blackpool of the few positives. He does try and play football from the back. So I think Vickers in. So, yeah. Hilary, you've been a star. Enjoyed it. Absolutely you. brilliant. Thank you so and, much. And uh, we'd love to get you back in a month's time, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll make this. Uh, we'll have a monthly catch up after we've had games away at Bolton and Peterborough. The transfer window is closed, and let's see where all our uh, heads are at then. So, Simon, would you like to wrap up the show? But personally, Hilary, thank you very much. Very well. Thank you for inviting me.
Yeah, no, thank you, Hillary. You've been absolutely brilliant, Chris, and you've been argumentative as always. <laughs> Simon, you love me. And how true. boring would life be if we all agreed the same? This is very true. So, yeah, anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember to give us comments, feedbacks on, on what you thought of the show. Um, you know, remember to like, share, and subscribe. Follow Chris on Twitter at DCSC underscore CMH. You can follow Rams Trust on Twitter as well, can't you? Is that yes. Yeah. At Rams Trust. At Rams Trust, yeah. Easy peasy. Um, yeah. And obviously, we'll all see you next time. Hopefully. In fact, it's Tuesday, isn't it? We're doing the next one. We have another yeah, guest on Tuesday. We do indeed. We have quite a big guest on Tuesday. Yeah. Really Not the Hillary. Guest. Hillary, you are. You are. Don't get wrong, Hillary. We've we wanted you for a while. But this this, this some guy. Say, some, some would say he's a million dollar guest, is what we'd say. Yes. And he's a big Derby fan. So, yeah. yeah. I want to know who he is now. Oh, we'll, let, we'll let you know don't worry well he's a personal friend of mine I coached him many years ago there's another clue so yeah look forward to that anyway guys we shall see you then hopefully we celebrate a win um, thank you for listening and as always come on Derby